Welcome to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, Thanksgiving around the corner next week. But we got Jets Dolphins in the fold. Cynthia, how are you? Are you ready to roll here? Oh, I'm ready to roll. I am. I'm. I, I was born ready for this. We're good. Okay, so you know how we start this with the coin toss. We go in tails again. I think this is just a shoe Always. At this point. Yes, we need to go tails. It never fails. Yeah, it's just it's just a courtesy of asking you, but we do it. And big shocker, it is tails yet again. Cynthia, you win before we even start the podcast. So the choice is yours. Would you rather start with the Jets offense or the Dolphins offense? Let's start with the Dolphins offense because I really want to talk about I want to say I love the whole Sheldon Rankins having multiple pressures last game. So let's start with the good stuff. Okay. And let's start with the Dolphins passing offense against the Jets passing defense as our first quarter, which kind of goes hand in hand with the Jets passing or the pass rush, which is why we're starting off with this because the floor is yours. What do you want to tell us about Sheldon Rankins here? Well, last game there were not, you know, a ton of things that looked super great, but one thing that did stand out was how well Sheldon Rankins did on passing sets. He was the only player to record multiple pressures last game against the Bills. And this will be especially important because if you look at the Dolphins, and they've had quarterback questions, obviously, to a tongue of Iloa came in towards the end of last week's Thursday night tilt with the Ravens, which was a very strange game. And their offense is very susceptible. It wasn't that their offense really commanded that game and took over. It was more the Dolphins defense that basically won that game. And then the, it, it was, it was a strange, it was a strange kind of situation where the offense was basically just good enough for the defensive turnovers to really matter. All right. So what have you made of Tua Tungavailoa in year two? And also how does that compare to what you saw last season when he was healthy and playing? You know, I think it's a very difficult mental task to, be the starter, then not be the starter, then be the starter. I mean, he's a first round pick. It's not like he's a later round guy who's getting a chance, right? Like this is a guy who they presumably thought was going to be the face of their franchise for years to come, a new coaching regime. They were in their second season there. So interestingly, I don't know what to make of this. And then also, I believe those rumors that they wanted Deshaun Watson. I believe that they were looking to trade and it just didn't work out. It didn't materialize how they thought. So that's got to be very mentally taxing on a young, any player, but a young player like him. So we've seen him do some good things, but we've also seen him do some really wonky, you know, very hard to explain things too. So this is an area that Jets could really, I mean, if the defense can get pressure and their whole line has been banged up, then this is a, this is a situation where the Jets really have an advantage. The main advantage the Jets would have in this one would be that defensive front pressuring to a, and making sure that he doesn't have a chance to scramble or to, you know, find a receiver. So going off of that, we obviously saw Robert Hunt score the touchdown that wasn't last week on Thursday night. Oh, but night it was football. so good. It was so It was good. really good. It, it was, was great. It was great. Athletic prowess is in Robert Hunt's bag, all right? So mm-hmm. with that yep. being said, I think Jets fans might be a little familiar with Robert Hunt as an individual player, but as an entire offensive line, do you think that this is a matchup the Jets can take advantage of? Absolutely. I think, look, recency bias works both ways. Coming out of Cincinnati, I mean, we like we thought like, oh, wow. And then, you know, after last week, it seems like the complete opposite. But remember, it's neither, right? The, the truth is somewhere in between. And the reality is, is the strengths of this team match up really well with kind of the weaknesses of that team. And if you saw CJ Mosley also 
stopping runners. I mean, Miles Gaskin, if you think about where the Dolphins will look to attack, right, it's going to be kind of a, a, a pass to Jalen Waddle. He's he's actually doing very well amongst amongst rookie receivers. Or it's going to be, you know, something with Miles Gaskin. And if you pressure Tongo Vilo, if you get pressure there, it's it's going to be an opportunity for turnovers. And turnovers make a huge difference, especially if they can happen early. And with this Jets secondary, obviously we know about the rotation at safety. Marcus May no longer playing for the remainder of the season. But the Jets will be without Brandon Eccles for the first time this year. So it could be Javelin Gidry, who a lot of people expect it to be. That means Isaiah Dunn's probably closer to the top of the depth chart than where he was. So going up against a receiving core like players like Jalen Waddell, what do the Jets need to do to, let's say, contain him and Mike Kosicki, who's a tight end, but he's really just a big wide receiver who lines up in the slot? Look, this is where, again, this is where Robert Sala, where Coach Sala is great. And this is also an advantage because Tua won't know what he's looking at because this is the first time this formation, however they throw it on the field, is going to be out there. So it's not like there's a bunch of tape that shows him a game plan. And then, of course, you know, Brian Flores is a defensive-minded head coach. They've got a very strange situation going on for their offensive coordinators. Technically, they have two. Rumor has it a third person has been calling plays. This seems messy. That means advantage if the defense can figure out a way to trick Tua with those pre-snap alignments, cover up Gusecki, figure out how to keep it away from Waddle. I think it's all about that space. But this is a great area to exploit because sometimes if you have two or three offensive coordinators, you really have zero, which means it's going to be very hard for them to figure out a game plan when the Jets defense doesn't really even know what the game plan is based on injuries. And I'm sure, you know, Robert Sala's figured it out, but the rest of us, we don't have it on film, which means the Dolphins don't either. All right, well, that's a great way to put a bow on the first quarter. Moving into the second quarter, and this quarter is presented by Homefield IT. We're talking about this Jets rushing defense against the Dolphins rushing offense. You mentioned Miles Gaskin. Doesn't feel like the Dolphins turn to the run game a whole lot. So with that being said, how does that affect the whole operation there in Miami? Well, run is very, very related to pressure. If you can run, it's a lot harder for a defense to get pressure. I mean, Think of how these things flow together. If you get favorable downs and distances and you stay ahead on every down so that the defense has to respect run and pass on each down, much more difficult. Well, the Dolphins not running means that they're really making themselves more one-dimensional, which means that the defense has a really big advantage in terms of knowing, hey, this is going to be a pass. We can scout this differently. We can drop into coverage a little bit differently. And pressure, the blitz rate, to his blitz situation, if you don't get him on that good blitz, then – so the, the point being is there's a really good opportunity there for they try to disguise run. Uh-uh, we're not buying it. We're not biting on that. We'll blitz and good luck because you're not going to disguise your play action very well if you can't run. If you cannot run the ball, play action is very easy for defense to pick up. So Robert Sala was asked about the RPOs today because I guess Miami likes to implement that in their offense. Can you talk about the challenges and what this Jets run defense needs to do to make sure that they don't let one escape them in terms of the RPOs? Okay, so a good example, if you close your eyes and you think back to, and I know this isn't a Jets game, but this will help. If you think back to when Patrick Mahomes, who's a really, really good quarterback, was throwing a bunch of interceptions, they weren't R-ing on their RPOs. They were just peeing on it, right? They're only passing. And that was a giveaway to the defenses. Well, this last game, what you saw against the Raiders was they were really the three RPOs called in a, in the first drive and three runs, which means, uh-oh, Raiders now need to respect the run. That's how you get rid of pressure. 
So realistically speaking, if the RPOs, if they if they can't get it going or if they freak out and then throw the little the pass and it ends up being falling incomplete, that could be a way to generate turnover. So it's a positive. Yes, Miami loves to run RPOs. A, a lot of people do. It's a it's a pretty you know, it's a it's one of the things where we've seen a big uptick in, in the past, I don't know, four or five years in terms of what teams are doing. But if they can't get the R, if they don't get any of the R down, it's just going to be an increased odds of turnovers going on later in the game because so passing downs are a lot easier for turnovers than rushing downs. You know, it's amazing to me. The Dolphins won last week 22 to 10. Combined between all of their players, they only rushed for 60 total yards, still came out with the victory. So it's all about turnovers. That was all turnovers. Yeah, all about the turnovers. Yeah. And we'll talk about this Dolphins defense, but let's wrap up our second quarter here. Obviously, Miami has Miles Gaskin. They have a couple other running backs, but what about Jalen Waddle? Obviously, he's a player with exceptional speed. If he were to get the ball, let's say on some kind of handoff, you know, what kind of speed are we talking about here? And how does that change the complexity of the defense? You know, I, I do love next gen stats for the speed stuff. I think it's really cool to say, ah, oh, he's like the fastest, blah, blah. Great. What I care more about is why do they get to run in the open field? You don't get even the fast Tyree kill. If he gets tackled, not going to have the fastest numbers. And we all know he's super fast, right? What really that means is that they're able to scheme for Jalen Waddle being in space in that they're able to utilize his top end speed, right? You don't, you don't get that unless you're open. So the reality is, is to figure out a way to disguise coverages because Jalen Waddle's still a rookie as well. That's going to be a way where if he gets in space, that speed's going to be a really big factor in his favor. But if he doesn't get enough space, you know, he's easier to contain. It's just, those numbers are a little, I love them. They're fun. I would love to someday run for 22 miles an hour. Like I would have to be in a car for that to happen to me, but like, you know, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, you had to be wide open in order to run that fast. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Be at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, November 21st at 1 p.m. when the Jets host their division rivals, the Miami Dolphins, presented by ShopRite. I need to feel your energy. Energy and discipline. The team will also celebrate First Responders Day at the game. Lock in your seats today at nyjets.com slash tickets. Once again, that's nyjets.com slash tickets. All right, and that was our second quarter presented by Homefield IT, which brings us to halftime, and we're tabling the Thanksgiving talk for next week when the Jets go to Houston because that will be Thanksgiving week. But is there anything that you want to talk about, whether it's football-related, whether it's fun-related, hot-take sandwich-related, or we can just keep it a short halftime and we can keep going, but is there anything that comes to mind here? You know, I do. I have a good question for you here. Uh -oh. Um Obviously, you know, look, last week we saw some, we saw some like a big return. Like we saw Cam Newton come back. Like that's, that's mm. pretty neat. If you were going to bring back one jet. Okay. For the rest of the season, who would it be? And why? Oh man. 
And this is this is like a former Jet in his prime. Well, look, it's got to kind of be like Cam. So maybe not 2015 Cam or like whatever their prime, but good, still really, really good. Like who can okay. help the team this season? But you know, don't go like historical because you know some of those guys might be a little <laughs> old. You know. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, it's funny you said not to go old because the first guy that I thought of given that the way this defense hinges on its front four, first person I thought of was Mark Gastineau, right? I mean, Ooh. he had the NFL sack record in a regular season for a long time before yeah. Strahan got him. And, and with the loss of Carl Lawson at the beginning of the year, I think that would be a great pick for the Jets. I love number 99. I think it looks great. Um, and But I feel like that's maybe on the border of too old. So with that being said, uh, how about like an like a – I, it pains me to say this, but are we talking about like New England Patriots, Darrell Revis here? Like, is that Ooh, where we're going? Revis Island. Oh, I like that one. See, I would have gone like, with Rickshaw Ferguson because I would always go with mm. Rickshaw Ferguson, like in any situation. But I like Revis Island. I like a good corner that could really, that could really help out. But I was like, oh, line, get the quarterback some help. You know, that's that was where I was thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. But to me, to me, the the Jets defense since the bye week has allowed an average of 45 points per game, which is obviously not what they want to do, and that's not a good number. So I was thinking, you know, how, how does this defense get better? Well, if you put in Gastineau or Revis, obviously yeah, Gaston, that, you know. I like Gastineau for that. I like it. You know, if you want to get real specific, and, the you know, I'm trying to find a loophole in your question here, the Jets have an all-time roster of players who were Jets for, like, one season. But if you're telling me that this form, it could be one of former Jet but maybe like a little bit earlier in his career. How about a guy like Ed Reed? You were talking about turnovers. He was a jet for a season. I mean, he was not the Ed Reed that we knew in Baltimore, but maybe, it, you know, if we're talking about like the end of his Baltimore stint, that'd be cool. I'm getting to Mario Davis then bring that guy back. He's still playing. He was a jet, you know, yeah, like why yeah, not? That's you know? a good point. I was just going yeah. with people who are out of the league, but this was, this was a good conversation. I like it. And by the way, the all-time Jets team of like, if you were to just make a roster is pretty remarkable. You got Mike Vick, you got Mike Vick, you got LaDainian Tomlinson, you got Revis, you can get Brandon Marshall if you want. You got Ed Reed, you got Bart Scott, you got Gastineau. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about a pretty good team here, even though a lot of those players Bart only Scott. played a couple seasons. I oh, love yeah. Bart Scott. Like, I love him. He's just great. That was, uh, and I'm getting a uh, getting a message here from one of our producers, Matt Sitkoff, and he says, "How about Joe Namath at quarterback? If Done. you want to go all time team, Namath. yes, Joe. I mean, obviously, we're getting Joe Namath back for sure. Only until Zach Wilson comes back are we going Joe Namath. I, I just want that to be clear. Season, I got you, but you know, Zach Wilson's okay. been banged up, so we can go with Joe, and then and then he'd be a great backup to mentor Zach Wilson." That's fair. There we go. That was a great halftime conversation. Yeah, we, we did a great job. Virtual high five. <laughs> Bang. All right. So that was a halftime conversation. Now we're moving on to the third quarter here. Let's talk about this Jets rushing offense before we wrap up with Joe Flacco and company. Because the Jets rushing offense, they obviously have a very talented running back in Michael Carter, who's really come along the past couple weeks. But they haven't really been running the ball a whole lot in terms of success rate, as opposed to what you consider the run, which is the short pass, the screen, the, the dump off. So how do you, ca how do you categorize where the jets are right now as a rushing team? And what do you like or dislike about the matchup against the dolphins? So first off, if you want to see what, like 
goodness, like awesome something to look forward to in the future. Go to Daniel Jeremiah's Twitter feed. It's at Move the Sticks. He's my coworker here at the NFL Network. And he has an Elijah Vera Tucker play. It's a run play that basically shows, one, he gets down the field like 10 yards, which is incredible, to pick up like a secondary. He gets into the second level of the defense. It's incredible. My point is, is that there are underrated elements of this run game that really start at the O-line and they start at the left guard position. So when I look there, I, there's a lot to be excited about. The, the problem is, is that in this last game, the game script did not dictate that run was possible because the score got so lopsided. So the game script was not favoring the run, but there's a lot to like about this run offense and these running backs and their potential. And I don't care if they're using short passing games. It's still a run game from the standpoint of the yardage and the, and what you're accomplishing in the end, right? Like it may not look like a handoff, right? But it, it is still a run. So at the end of the day, like it's underrated and how well Michael Carter was drafted. I mean, he's exceeding expectations. He, he had 74 of his 84 scrimmage yards in the last game. That's 88% of his scrimmage yards were either after contact or after the catch. So that's ridiculous. And part of that does reflect a, the, an improvement in the run blocking scheme from the O-line. So it's an underrated run game, and it's very well set up for the future, especially once things get healthier overall. I mean, it'd be really nice to have, you know, that big guy from last year. It'd be great if he were able to be healthy in there and just keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. You know, I, I feel like this third quarter doesn't have a whole lot of juice, especially knowing that the next quarter is going to be really where the bones of this Jets offense is going to be made on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. So with that being said, is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of the Jets run game and the, or the Dolphins run defense? Or are we just going right to what everyone wants to hear? I think that if they show a commitment to running the football, even if, even if it's not like the yardage doesn't look great, like if it's like, even if it's two, three yards, if they show the commitment to still use the run game that will help Joe Flacco and the offense in that other part, the fourth quarter of our show, because the commitment there opens up more options in the playbook. Even if the first down yardage doesn't look great. If you show some, some play calling diversity there and not become so able to be scouted, that's where you're going to make a good, that's where this, this game gets won. And the dolphins defense, they're not as awesome as you saw against the Ravens. They're not as bad as you've seen in other games either. They're somewhere in between. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. All right. That's a great, that's a great entry point to our fourth quarter here because what the Dolphins did on Thursday night to the Ravens, I think shocked a lot of people. And they really crowded the line of scrimmage. They confused Lamar Jackson. Part of the reason why the Jets decided to go with Joe Flacco under center as opposed to Mike White is because they felt like Joe Flacco's brain in terms of processing, in terms of pre-snap recognition, would give them the best chance to win Sunday. So what can Joe Flacco expect Sunday against the offense and at MetLife Stadium? Yeah, so... Joe Flacco should be on the lookout for pressure 
Joe Flacco is not a mobile quarterback when it comes to, he's not going to dynamic. He's not Patrick Mahomes, right? He's not moving the pocket like that. He's not Lamar Jackson. That's they're completely different styles of quarterback. What he is good at is figuring out in space. Okay. This is what, this is what I'm seeing from the defense. This is what they're giving me. It's far less likely to turn over the ball because he knows how to read defenses, especially defenses that have the Belichickian influence, right? Because Brian Flores comes from a Belichick tree. So if you look to see what, what's happened before when he's matched up against them, of course, he's going to see exotic fronts. That's like kind of all they do, right? Like sometimes they'll play 44, which means like four down linemen and four linebackers if they think you're going to run even remotely. Sometimes they'll do that or they'll, they'll make it look like that, but then they'll, you know, they'll blitz you out of nowhere. So it's, it's more about being able to recognize the different looks pre-snap and being able to give yourself a little bit of help in terms of finding the open space for your receiver to go. So, you know, the pre-snap stuff is where Joe Flacco will be able to diagnose what he's looking at, find open routes and maybe hit like a Corey Davis or someone else. I think the slot is going to be an interesting spot because that's where, if you look to see where the Dolphins have some, I don't know the issues, but have some, you know, openings where they have more space. It's typically to people who line up in the slot and, and can create separation on their routes. So with that being said, the Jets receiving core, Corey Davis back in the fold, had a good game statistically against the Bills. Then you get Elijah Moore, who's coming on, Jamison Crowder, Mr. Reliable. This Dolphins secondary, though, is extremely talented, at least on paper, with Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, specifically those two guys. How challenging of a matchup is this? And do you think that this is the matchup to watch for this Jets offense? I think here's the thing. The Dolphins defense last year was more dynamic than it is this year. The Dolphins defense in this last game against the Ravens, well, they started off with an, with an interception and then they made it really one-dimensional. And by the way, the Ravens were never – it felt like they weren't out of it in the fourth quarter because we've seen them come back, you know, four different times from under a 15% win probability per next-gen stats. Like, that's – it's just a different type of offense completely. The interesting part about this is if they can stay turnover-free, the Jets will have an opportunity to keep – it's just all about staying turnover free. Once you get those turnovers in there, it is very hard to overcome them with a negative turnover differential, which is what the, the Ravens showed us. And by the way, the Ravens on that short rest with, you know, travel, I don't know that I, I'm going to put a little asterisk on that one. When I, when I go back and watch the film, you saw Hollywood Brown was in weird spots, you know, Lamar Jackson, who had been very, very good at passing and getting out of trouble this year. He just made some boneheaded mistakes and that, that's what happens. You turn the ball over and then it becomes easier to keep turning the ball over because you have to keep throwing. And that was the fourth quarter. Wow. That, that was a good game. I feel like I'm prepared now for Jets Dolphins. But one last thing here before we wrap up, Cynthia, is this is overtime as always. Is there anything else that we missed that you feel like you want to bring up or something that you want to double down on that you really think fans need to know before Sunday's game? I would be not at all surprised if we saw more Ty Johnson use. I think Pete, I think that the dolphins are going to be really looking to shut down Michael Carter. And I think that Ty Johnson will get a nice little uptick in opportunities based on how well Michael Carter has been playing in other games. It's a, it's a compliment really, <laughs> but I think that could be like a sneaky fantasy or a sneaky daily fantasy play. 
I love it. Give Ty Johnson some love. He did have two touchdowns in as many games before yes. this past weekend against the Bills. He runs hard. I'm pretty sure his first Jets game came last season against the Dolphins, and he had like a long 30-plus yard run up the sideline. So take that for what it's worth, although that game was in Miami, this game at MetLife. Regardless, the Jets have an opportunity to get a win on Sunday against the Dolphins. That was a game preview podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, thanks a lot. And next week is Thanksgiving, which is just crazy to think about and sickening. My favorite. My favorite holiday. Oh, it's so good.